This is Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Keep up with the shows and podcasts at drakehallmemphis.com. A new scam to look out for, and this involves Instagram. And a story that uh, we just found that I uh, find intriguing, it's about the lottery. Uh, But first, Wes, what is the new Instagram thing to avoid? This one is, it's really just an old-fashioned phishing scam. The, uh, these grand people are targeting corporations and or influencers who have large followings, and then they send them this uh, message through Instagram that says, uh, there's this a photo that you posted on your Instagram, uh, an image there is reported to contain copyright content. If no objection is made about it, we'll need to remove your account. Please fill in the appeal form with a mm-hmm. link to said, mm-hmm. quote, appeal form Mm. and so if someone is stupid enough to click on that they get uh, redirected to a phishing page that's styled to look like their instagram login if they uh, type in their login information hey the criminals now have it and they can hijack the account and they do and they either demand a payment to get it back or you get a word from some white hat unhacker who will save your account for you for a small fee as well what benefit is there in having somebody's account with Instagram? Who cares? Uh, well, if you if that's your life, and a lot of people make a fair living just on Instagram, oh, okay. or if it's mm-hmm. representing your brand, if, say, you're, I don't know, big business who wants to ha- present a friendly Instagram page to up your business, yeah. uh, and someone hijacks it, then that's all your stuff there. And yeah. it's, yeah, you, that's, a lot of people will pay a lot of money to get that back. I saw this morning, uh, I didn't keep the story, uh, a new scam from the post office, or the USPS. It involves stamps, and I believe the gist of it was that the offer of buying stamps online, um, and I've never, I, I don't get that, but when you buy a, a book of stamps at you know Walgreens, it's, I don't know, it's 10, 11 bucks. But they were offering um, stamps in volume for about 20 bucks off of what they cost at the post office. Um, and it's, it's a scam. Um, I don't know how to identify it, but they just were warning you to watch out for any online offers about stamps. This one also uh, kind of got me. Uh, around here, when you buy Powerball tickets, because I buy some sometimes in Kentucky, you know, or you can buy them, I guess, anywhere now, but you can only uh, cash them in if you win some, you know, small amount in the state where you bought them. And you surely cannot buy them online, but you can in some places. And this lady almost missed out on a big win. This would have been awful. Tell the tale. Yeah, this lady's name is Laura Spears. She lives up in Michigan, and she says she saw on Facebook that the Mega Millions jackpot was getting pretty high. So she says, I got on my account and bought a ticket online. In other news, in Michigan, you can buy tickets for the lottery online. But uh, she she won. She picked uh, the five white balls for the New Year's Eve drawing and didn't hear anything about it and probably didn't think about it again. And then someday later, last week, she was looking for someone's email that didn't show up 
in her regular inbox like it was supposed to. So she went in her spam folder and started looking for that and noticed, oh, here's an email from the lottery people saying that I've won $3 million. Oh, my gosh. Isn't there some kind of a danger in doing this online like that? I would think so, but I guess Michigan either doesn't care or thinks it has all the kinks worked out. Hmm. Well, that's that's something. I, uh, I, I don't know about that. That would be a horrible spam email to or email to find in your spam folder a year Six months and a, later a day yeah. later yeah. yeah yeah too late i always check mine because there are odd times when i get an email from uh, sid or from you that end up in the junk box that's weird and i think why did that go there um i don't know how any of this were. and yesterday morning I jinxed myself at the time i knew it i said i, I had not gotten one spam call all year long. Oh, dear. <laughs> got one yesterday. It said on the thing, uh, telemarketer. Thank you. <sighs> Go away. Bye-bye. You angered the spam gods. We're going to have to throw something in a volcano. Um, if Amazon <laughs> weren't um, already in our lives so much, and uh, it's addictive because it's easy, and they bring stuff to your house, and um, it has changed the way lots of businesses do their business. And um, uh, it has been an aid in a bad way of shutting down things like, let's say, bookstores. That's one of the perils of the whole thing. But its overall convenience uh, cannot be uh, denied. Now, I haven't heard of this, but Sid has a story about Amazon Go, new Mm -hmm. stores closer to home for shoppers. What does this mean? What's it about? Well, I, mortar I and thought brick, it, brick and mortar stores are. Well, I thought it was going to be that, um, but it's not. It's a new type aimed at serving customers in suburban area locations. The first ones in Mill Creek, Washington, or it's going to be in the coming months. Um, it's going to leverage technology, allowing customers to make purchases without ever interacting with a cashier. So I thought, okay, well that's kind of cool. Although, like my stuff that I order already comes to my house. Well, I'm wrong. It's not that kind of stuff. Using the Amazon app, you can scan to enter and then pick up your items. And and when customers walk out, they're charged for the items purchased through the app. So there's no, like, you know, checkout person. But it's, it's, it's like, ready-to-eat food and grab-and-go beverages and snacks and stuff like that. It's not big things that you order. It's, it's everyday okay. essentials and snacks oh, and okay. stuff like that. So, anyway, they're going to – they are – in four states, mostly downtown metropolitan areas, New York City, Chicago, San Francisco. So I guess it's quicker than a restaurant if, you've, if you're if you on break for lunch or something. I guess it's supposed to maybe be like that. Um, last November, they introduced a new concept store with Starbucks, combining star uh, the retailer's go shopping tech with Starbucks pickup to let customers shop cashier-free. So okay. and they're also going to have kind of lounge places where people can work at tables with power outlets and USB ports. So it's, I guess, if if you need something like that or if you're in a busy city and you need to take a break and go somewhere and have space and maybe work for a second or you've got a short lunch break, I guess it kind of serves that purpose. I've hmm. heard of, there, of some stores that have done things like that, not affiliated with Amazon necessarily, but mm-hmm. they have it set up to where you have an account with the store and you go in there, you grab the stuff you want, and you just leave. And there's sensors scattered, I guess, everywhere to you know take note of what you have and uh, what you walk out with. 
and charge your account appropriately, and you're just done. And this mm. sounds kind of like the same thing, except you're yeah. doing it through Amazon, which probably has your you know, credit card information anyway. Mm. Yeah, because you use the yeah. Amazon app. You know, on that note, though, you know the scan thing, which is not an app. It can be anybody walking in. But you know the scan things at Kroger, the U-Scan? You scan it yeah. yourself and put it in your... Well, they're doing away. I don't know if it's all Kroger's, but the one out here, they're doing away with because I guess people are putting stuff in their cart and not scanning it and, the, and then therefore stealing it. What a shame. Uh, shame that a seems shame. to be hard to do because if you miss so something, it, it starts to, you know, smoke and, and beep and stuff. <laughs> and the attendant <laughs> runs over there and says, oh, hold on there, bro. Uh, and, if, and if you're buying beer, they want your ID. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. But that's a shame if people are getting away with that. So check out. I used to think I will never do this. But if I have only, you know, four or five things, I'm in. But um, I don't know why they would do away with it. I I don't know how you don't get caught every time unless they're really busy. I know. um, And and I thought that once, I mean, because usually I thought when that happened, the person that works there has to come up to you anyway and do something to then spit out a receipt or to acknowledge that you've scanned everything. Or I don't know. I don't do it. My husband does. Oh. But so then why don't they, I mean, have they caught them then? And so that's why they maybe caught too many people and are like, this is not worth it. I don't know. So, but this yeah. is this is not the self-checkout where you, <clears throat> you stand there and you scan it you yourself. Scan it. Yeah, no. This is the, this is the, the handheld. You, yeah. You, yeah. You, the scanner gun, you, you scan the UPC and the thing and you put it in your cart. As you're walking, yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, okay. it's that. Okay. Which has made, it, it, sure which has made it, which has made its way to my house twice. <laughs> what, the scanner so maybe, did? Yes. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we're part of the problem. We are that, the problem. That, that sums it up the right scanner. there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, neighbor's, right there. that neighbor's family, those thieves. <laughs> I wonder if they can track it through some kind of a GPS thing. They I should if be they able to. You for it. I don't mm. know. He took it back right away, but they should be able to track it. I don't know. Uh, what else did I find over here? Just various things. Um, this is one for Sid and for everybody who is terrified of spiders, ah. which are many people. Uh, this does make your skin kind of crawl. If you have not heard of the colorful, massive Joro spider, you may soon be introduced to it, right. especially on the East Coast, which is where we're, we are not. So maybe that's good. This thing is uh, yellow in color, can get as big as the palm of your hand, oh. and was first seen in Georgia in 2013. So from Georgia, it got on a bus to the East Coast, and began to make babies and spread its love everywhere. They came from Asia. No clear answer as to how they made it into this country, yeah, but likely in a shipping container of some yeah. sort. In the past 10 years, it's made its way from Georgia and other parts of the southeast, which is kind of where we live, uh, and now it is taken over much of the east coast and may be running things up there pretty soon. Driving taxis and just being freaky. <laughs> Ew, uh, as big as your hand. As big as your hand. Ew. My that's gosh. That's bigger than a tarantula. They um. Th- there's one here on a tree. He's a big old scary looking. It's a egg like kind of a body with long black and yellow legs. Ew, ew, ew. That would make you throw up. Um, Does it say if it's poisonous or anything bad? 
Nah, it's just big and scary. But when uh, it's too big to smack with your shoe, that's when I call in the reinforcements. I'm like, you go in the room and get it. <laughs> well, you know? um, they have a high heart rate and low temperatures. They can survive um, below freezing. So this spider may or may not be a part of our lives because they migrate all over the place. They're, they're, they're at, there was a point, there were no armadillos in this part of the country ever. They were all over Texas and down there, but now they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they are a hindrance to nature and they provide nothing uh, except to tear up your yard. So these big spiders are on the way to get you this summer. The Joro spider heading towards Sid's house as we speak. They got a map. Can't freaking wait. <laughs> you know, GPS thing heading for Sid's house. Following the Alexa trail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll be <laughs> dead on my mat from the cat. They're monitoring uh, the the Alexas. Wes, do a do something fun. Or, no, I'm going to carry on with this theme right here is what I'm going right, cool. to do. Uh, a little bit of nightmare fuel. We just talked about the big spider. How about the spiders that hunt in packs? Like it. Most spiders are just loners. They get together to mate, and then they, they, they head off to their own place. But there's these tiny, they're tiny red spiders. They're not any bigger than like the, a pencil eraser, but they work together, and they build webs that can span meters, a, you know, big, big webs. And when something gets into one of these webs, a mob of these spiders starts descending on it uh. before it can escape. They... Move in stop motion. What it is is they they pause, they check the vibrations, and then they rush in in unison. Then pause again, check the vibrations, rush in again. So it's like duh 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 as they as they come in tr- zeroing in on where this prey is, and then they get it and they do their thing where they wrap it up and then then they start you know, sucking out the fluids from it so that they can eat. And yeah, so not many spiders hunt in packs. These do. They've got a very complicated Latin name, and I can't find the common name of them, but they're these tiny uh, red spiders. But uh, they've been studied about how they do this. They figure out how they figure out the vibrations and so forth. The good news, though, is they're in uh, French Guiana, so they're not going to be around here unless and until they get on a shipping compartment like this other big spider did and make their way here and discover how nice the southern United States is. Uh, The shipping containers carrying the deadly spiders in packs. I love it. Thanks, Asia. That's good. One more thing to be afraid of. Just give us more. Give us more. Uh, drinking uh, with whatever you do. Some folks have drinks every day. Some don't. Some have some wine every day or a few beers. And some don't dabble at all or some on the weekends. And everybody has their own thing. A new um, research piece that is was pretty vast suggest that drinking as little as one beer or glass of wine a day is linked with a shrinkage in your brain that is equal to two years of aging. Hmm. I'm not sure that I buy this or not. People that drink red wine every day are drinking um, a compound called resveratrol, which is an anti-aging helpful uh, component that is in alcohol. Uh, Moderate drinking is defined by the CDC, like they know anything, as one drink or less every day for women, two drinks or less for men, uh, which is limiting, I think. If you're going to you know, go for it, then just go for it. 
but during the week, it's hard for a number of people. I mean, I, mean, I just, I can't do it. Uh, but Sid pours down, you know, this horrid beer that she drinks every you don't night. don't know what I do About 12 or 13. <laughs> and uh, that's why her brain is, you know, just eating you, itself away. You do not uh, know what I do every day. Yeah, I do. I have <laughs> links to your Alexas, all eight of them. You probably uh, do. You're the person spying on me. The brand, the brand, the, the brain naturally ages, but as it do, it shrinks in size. And the more you drink, it's a decline in memory and other brain functions, which may be what you seek. And if so, go for it. Um, <laughs> now the path is clear. Yeah, I think it's obvious. <laughs> and this story is going to have an impact on nobody, nowhere, no how, ever. They studied about 40,000 people, middle-aged adults in the UK, and compared the scans with their alcohol intake. And they were grouped uh, into various groups, uh, from no uh, booze at all to two beers or some wine, and they saw that those that drank the wine had a tiny walnut-sized brain. But that's okay. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're smart enough, you can handle it. But for the adult among us that are... When they're sober, they're worthless. The booze makes it worse. So um, <laughs> maybe you should look at it. I don't care, don't know. That's just a way to fill time, and I hope you enjoyed that story. You know, um, what? Uh, Philip just uh, texted and said, I'm calling BS on that study because my grandfather uh, had a stupid. scotch every day at 5 for like 40-plus years, and he never struggled to think. So, How many people that we've seen that are the oldest? Yeah. You know, the like somebody that, that's like 108 years old, their mm-hmm. keys to longevity, uh, a beer or two a day, um, a drink a day of bourbon, it's it's just one more worthless piece of information that doesn't apply to everybody. It's just a general look at stuff. Back in a moment, this is Drake Digital. All right, um, 13 bands with no original members. I'm trying to think, and I can't think of any off the top of my head. So tell me who who they is. Well, when I saw this, I was like, Drake will know all of them, like at least half of them right away, and, and start naming them off. Well, let's see. Tell me. Um, so some have you know reshuffled bandmates, or people have died over the years, or they some just share no connection at all with their co-founding lineup. It says, <clears throat> excuse me, um, blood, sweat, and tears. And yeah. Renaissance, for example, seemed to be breaking up as soon as they formed, this story says. Well, no, a BS&T was, that was the early 70s. David Clayton Thomas sang lead. I can't tell you anybody else. They had three or four horn players, but nobody's name ever emerged from that outfit except for him. Uh, and they had a bunch of hits in the 70s, and they, then, then they vanished. And they came back, though, and regrouped, and he was still the front man and the the, uh, voice of all the hits. So I guess he's gone, and it's not anybody. But somebody owned the name, and that's how this always works. Mm, mm -hmm. Somebody owned the name or was given the name or bought the name, like buying a domain name. So none of them are from the band that had had all the hits. Unbelievable. Renaissance was a really off-the-beaten-path prog rock kind of weird band so yeah i don't know them. um it's that for others the personnel shifts have been dramatic no one in blackfoot has a tenure dating back further than a few years 
Ricky Medlock was mm-hmm. the star of that band. That's why he left Skinner to form Blackfoot. And he's now back with Skinner if they even exist anymore. Nobody else, but uh, maybe he owned the name and said, go ahead and be Blackfoot as long as I get my cut of songs that you play. So, who else? Yep. This says, uh, guitarist Scott Gorham hooked up with Thin Lizzy just before yep. they hit it big with the big with the boys are back in town, but continues yep. with a group where most of the members joined in 2010 or later. Yeah, Scott Gorham is a guy that I uh, spent some time with. Along, I've, I've already told this story before, but um, this bar in Louisville, Beggar's Banquet, uh, was a place that a number of bands would come in and play Thursday through Sunday. And a band called Thin Lizzy showed up. And the boys are back in town, had just become a hit. And so uh, Scott was there, and of course, uh, Phil Lanotte, uh Brian Downey, and an, uh, one more Brian. And uh, Scott and I got to be really good friends over the years. And um, that band fell apart due to alcohol and drug use. Scott left the band and had his own band that played 616 one night. 15, 20 years ago. And I went down and uh, saw him there. But he decided at some point, and maybe he had the rights from Phil's mother or something, but he is in Thin Lizzy. Last time that I checked, um, he was a, he was the a pretty guy with real long hair hmm. and um, a fine guitar player. So if he's back in that band, and he, he, he has been, and they still tour, um, I don't know how or why, but um, yeah, he was he was a great one. Great band. And it says, Then there are bands like Quiet Riot, Guar, and Rat, which slowly whittled down to their final original member, Kevin DeBrow, Dave Brocky, and Stephen Piercy, respectively, respectively, before they either left or passed away. Um, Rat was here at the Mud Island Amphitheater a long time ago. Not that long. It was Rat. I think that Rock Sugar opened up for Rat over there one night. Remember that? Oh. And... The guys in Rat looked like that they had been let out of the old folks' home um, to come play. And, boy, they were rough-looking dudes. But a Piercy could still sing round and round and all the hits and way cool junior. Uh, I love that song. But anybody that can play guitar and drums can pretty much play those songs. So it isn't that hard. Um, And, P.S., they were let out of the cellar and... um, No. Um, Sorry. I saw the... (laughs) I saw them with Billy Squire at the Coliseum in 80... Of course you did. Five-ish, maybe. Mm, um, you were in third grade. <clears throat> wow, thank you. I'm so young. Um, this says... Now, I don't know this person. Adolfo De La Parra has been with Canned Heat since ni- 1967, but he's had to endure the deaths of... They've all, they're all dead. Bob Height and Alan Wilson, the band's co-founders. Defections and deaths have also also altered career trajectories of groups like Heart, The Hollies, and Yes. But they oh Yes has been screwed up on and off for for a thirty long years, time. right, Wes? I mean, oh yeah, they've had um, so many. John Anderson down. left, came back. He hasn't been in that band for a long time. Uh, Alan White, the drummer, was all he always was there. Uh, mm-hmm. Rick Wakeman left, came back. They had a number of groups that were offshoots of that band. GTR uh, with Steve Hackett and Steve Howe from Yes in the band. Uh, but they kept regrouping. Uh, Bill Bruford was in that band. 
but they made some albums without John that um, were, that sounded awful, awful. Uh, but they splintered up a long time ago yeah. and kept regrouping and kept coming back and some left and some came back. The Hollies yeah. was pretty much Graham Nash. And uh, when he left, they didn't. Well, they had long. They had some more hits after Graham Nash left, but I can't imagine that there's any of those guys even alive. But uh, who knows? That's about it. And then it lists. Uh, I don't know if that's thirteen or not. Uh, Humble Pie and is the last. Humble one Pie. Listed. There's nobody. Uh, Steve Marriott's been dead for ten years. The rest of them, I have no idea. I. It's just a matter of who owns the net, the rights to the name mm-hmm. and who who is allowed to play. Uh, but some of these bands, it, it it gets to a level of being pathetic. Go away. Yeah, we we will always love your music. Yes, of but course. seeing you live when you're 80 years old and on oxygen on stage is not that hot. <laughs> not that hot. Um, so not happening. Don't pick and me there, to go backstage. There are probably more too. You know, you, oh, the yeah, Fog sure, Hat sure. toured until they all died. They had one guy left, uh, Lonesome Dave or somebody, and. They all croaked uh, just all those years on the road with endless whiskey and dope and on a bus life. It just doesn't last that long. Wes, what do you have to run out down over there for us? Robot dogs with guns. Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Look out. Now we're talking. Quadrupedo, quadrupedo robots. They've been uh, jumping, so to speak, in development uh, recently. There's been videos that have been put out uh, showing off what they can do. They are small. They're nimble. They can travel well, and they can go to places that wheeled machines can't go. So someone put a gun on one. A picture's been floating around of a (laughs) Vision 60-unit quadrupedal robot built by U.S. firm Ghost Robotics, and it's been equipped with a robot gun by small arms specialist Sword International. The gun itself seems to be designed to be fitted onto a variety of robotic platforms, and there's some specs about it, but it has an effective range of 1,200 meters. Now, what's not clear from this story is if these two companies, Sword and Ghost uh, Robots, are currently selling this combination, but uh, there is a marketing copy on Sword's website that says the Sword Defense System Spur is the future of unmanned weapon systems, and that future is now. Uh, mostly, these robot dogs have been used for reconnaissance. Uh, manufacturers have been, it says, experimenting with other payloads, as well as providing remote video and mapping. They can be used as mobile cell towers. They can be used to defuse bombs or detect chemical, biological, radio, radiological, and nuclear material. And, it says, they can become weapons themselves. Yeah. Boston Dynamics is probably the best known of the uh, creators of these robot dogs. They put out several videos showing off what they can do with some uh, training and practice. They say they have a strict policy against weaponizing their machines, but there's other manufacturers who are doing these same kind of things and are perfectly happy to arm these robot dogs. And it's can perfectly... you arm your own dog? I guess you could. <laughs> If you wanted to trust uh, Dino with a shotgun, I'd love to see a video of that. <laughs> if it was cut down to his size, maybe so. I was going to say. Sawed off. Or perhaps like a like a Derringer or something like that. He could Just strap operate. it on his back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Remote control. That gives me some really bad ideas and bad visions. Dino Balls yeah. armed. That's wrong. Well, this, this whole thing, there's uh, been some voices raised to make this, uh, well, illegal. 
But uh, companies, <laughs> at least in the meantime, are going to build what is possible to build because I'm sure there's going to be a market for it, for uh, guns on robot dogs. This just makes me flash right on the RoboCop movie. It's like a canine RoboCop yeah. uh, coming our way, complete with secretly coded restrictions that will allow executives at Ghost Robotics and Sword International to give these armed robot dogs orders to uh, ignore what they're doing. Ah, uh, the future That'll is already yep. here. Uh, armed robot. Already... It's like, it, is, it is really like something out of Black Mirror. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it is. Many of these stories are. Back in a moment, this is Drake Digital. Uh, headline here says, Procter & Gamble, big company, have a new halftime contest awards. Uh, it'll be giving a full tuition to any student who can eat the entire line of the company's products. Now, this is a, <laughs> this, this is a pretty vast uh, lineup uh, and a versatile company that makes many things. In a new corporate sponsorship with uh, college football, Procter & Gamble has unveiled a football halftime contest this week that awards a full ride to anybody who can eat an entire line of their products. Contestants will start with paper products and work their way through hair care, uh, skin care, uh, feminine hygiene, and detergent for a chance to win $100,000, CEO David S. Uh, Taylor says. He explained that the kids who are who might want to, uh, you know, try this, uh, can can enter for a chance to compete by submitting a video of themselves chowing down on their favorite Procter and Gamble product. Don't forget, you got to eat everything before you uh, win this thing, including all the packaging. They uh, <laughs> expect the Gillette part to really pose a challenge to many contestants. <laughs> that would be razors. Uh, but, of course, that's why the pry is so high, says this guy. They also suggest eating Pepto-Bismol at the end of it. <laughs> at uh, press time, the company had announced a, another halftime contest that would award one lucky student the cost of their bills in the emergency room for after <laughs> they eat all this stuff. <laughs> So there's a time so, limit. They have to do it during a halftime. At halftime, yeah. Okay, so you've so, got like 12 so they, minutes to eat all this stuff. Yeah. That would include a bottle of Downy, um, some Puffs tissues, Pantene shampoo, uh, and a bunch of other crap that is on their list of things to do. This, of course, is not true, but it sounds like something that might be true in the future. Because <laughs> they're about out of ideas. So why not do this? Watching college football has gotten more painful all the time with these never-ending, never-shutting-up announcers that throw it to a sideline reporter that we don't need to have at all for any reason. It's it's just become, just put it on mute and bet the game, or just in, or just, even better, take a nap and skip it. Because this stuff goes on from morning till night on Saturday and on Sunday, and it's just gotten to be almost too much. If you're a fan of the team, it's easier. If you're not and don't gamble, why watch it? It's oh, yeah. pointless. I mean, if it's, it's on, I, I will watch the halftime thing where the, just college students throw footballs through the hole or through a tire or something like that to win money or it's not a scholarship. I Dr. Guess they Pepper win money. for a year. Dr. Pepper thing Thanks. or whatever. Yeah. But 
and there's some and it's like don't wouldn't you practice i mean one one year i saw somebody and they missed so many like wouldn't you practice if you might be in that contest to win People money don't, or, well, doctor, I don't or whatever you're the, winning the, the, they realize how hard it is to do for one thing I know. um you know when you watch i i watched um part of the hard knock show on hbo because the cowboys were on it this year and you just don't really get a get a grasp of the talents of some of these men and their skills, like the you know quarterback for uh, for these you know big time teams. They had Dak, um, I think, from the thirty yard line, and they had um, three baskets, if you will, in the end zone, about two feet apart, and they were about as big as. Let me try to just. Um, they weren't very big, but they, they they were just these baskets. And he was snapped at the ball, and he had to throw from left to right and hit all three. Oh, wow. And he did it in about 15 seconds. Wow. One, right. bam. Two, bam. Golly. Three, perfect. That's why when you watch these guys on a Sunday afternoon, and even if, if you don't you know, like the game, when you realize that they are, they th- these guys are all uh, in most cases they are throwing to a spot, mm-hmm. not to a, this the uh, you know person, and they throw the ball in many cases before the receiver has even made his cut to the left or right, or, and the ball is just has to be in a certain spot, and they do it over and over again, and it looks so easy. It's like. Anybody could do this. Yeah, no. Okay, you try it. Uh, yeah. It's impossible. And these guys spend so much time. So you put some poor kid out there with a football to throw it through something, they're lost. It's not as easy as it looks. It's um, very hard to do. So anyway, but at the fair one year with, with my kids, I made big points with them one day. I have no idea how I even did this. It was one of those things where you throw the football through a tire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the tire is so little, and you have no chance of winning it. But I did it uh, three times in a row. Oh, wow. And and nice. I and I, and I won them some kind of a stuffed whatever the hell it might be. Yep. And then I went out and uh, did my tryout for the Cowboys and didn't pass it. <laughs> Because my confidence was way up, and I but it didn't work out. I would so. get I would get so mad because I would like you do the well you I can never do the rings around the milk bottles or whatever. No, like, that just oh, pisses man. you off. Oh yeah, my it's god, a, it's, a, but, it's a total ripoff. But like throwing darts at balloons or something you think might be easy, although there's not enough air in the balloons, so it just bounces off. Yep. But and you get one, and you're like, oh, I got a problem, and it's like a plastic ring. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I just recall that I did not give it much thought at all. I just did it. Bam, bam, bam. And the other one to always avoid at the carnival is the basketball one. Because oh. the hoop is yep. made littler on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to do. It's not <laughs> yep. totally impossible, but you not have totally. to have that angle and and energy it's, just yeah. right. And it's counterintuitive. So if you're used to throwing hoops, oh, it's yeah, completely yeah, yeah. different than what you would do under normal circumstances like that. Yeah, the best bet there is to bank it off the backboard because you're not going to just put it right through it. It's oh, God, it's no. really hard to do. So why are we on talk about carnivals now? Um, 
Funniest tweets from parents this week. What are they about? <laughs> Their little children or what? Mm-hmm. Uh, this person says, tried to complain to my mom about the difficulties of raising a stubborn child, and her eyes rolled so far back in her head, I don't think they're ever coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it's vengeance, dear. They're all, they're all stubborn. Uh, this mom says, this morning I sat up from a laying down position and my two-year-old yelled, you did it! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, my daughter can't find her glasses, her shoes, or her backpack, but she can spot a sliver of onion in a bowl of rice from 10 feet away. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's great. Um this guy says, a good dad earns his stripes early by learning the baby's cues, like that cry they make while taking a bottle means they want their mommy, and that cry when they can't sleep means they want their mommy, and that cry, you get the point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, Dogs are the same way. This is funny. This, this mom says, the day I've longed for since the first day I became a parent is finally here. My daughter is old enough to go get me stuff from the other room. That's why right. we had that kids was, to do that's one stuff of the for us. That's exactly right. That was an awesome uh, stage, though. That was an awesome gotta, stage in life. You got to train them. Get me a beer, boy. Yeah. Um, this girl says there are two types of mom friends, those who text after 8 p.m. and those who text before 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That entire box of wine has gone. Who can I talk yeah. to? It's four in the morning. This this girl says the greatest phenomenon in parenting is how there are eighteen hours between dinner and bedtime. <laughs> oh my! What <laughs> a hard thought. <laughs> yes. How can that be? Six to midnight. That's an awful long day. Oh man. Yeah, dinner and bedtime is like three hours, but no, when you have kids, it's eighteen. Uh, mm. This girl says, "Lately, my kids have been pretending to be adults when they play, and they say things like, i 'I'm a grown up. I have a fat belly and wear big shoes. I have my pants pulled up real high. I go to the bank and I have to take medicine, and I can watch That's violent nice. videos whenever I want." Oh God, isn't that sad that that's how I they know. see us? I know. Playing oh, adults. God. Good God, just just be a kid. Enjoy it because it goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, couple other, man. couple other funny ones. This mom says no parenting book can prepare you from for when your three year old literally sticks her finger in your nostril and says, "Hey, mom, smell this." Ew. <laughs> I know. I know. You, you are you are grounded. <laughs> right. This mom says someone on a show we were watching said, "What the." And my five-year-old helpfully filled in F <laughs> and actually said the entire word. <laughs> five-year-old, five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have been so bad except the nuns were there visiting. <laughs> right. Here's, here's another couple one. Yeah, nuns uh, have never said, said that. Well, never mind. This mom says, yesterday we got a puppy and my kids are so smitten that they've cut down their screen time enormously by 5%. Mm. Okay. Um, this this mom says my husband asked if I wanted to, do, to wanted to do something fun today, so I left him at home with the kids. Marriage is easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the answer is yes, and I'll yes. see you later. That's right. Oh lord. <laughs> so those are funny. Okay, that's cute. This is Drake Digital. Uh, food items. What would you? What is the one thing that you you just uh, despise? And want and and just just will not eat. 
Now, I live with a very picky eater, and she um, knows what she likes, and she will not eat anything. There's no coaxing. Um, you know, sushi to many people is disgusting because it's raw fish. Uh, she doesn't like that. Um, um, she, um, just a number of things that people just don't like. And I don't see any real consistencies in this. I know. Any patterns. Um, but there are a few that are laugh out loud uh, funny. Where did I get this thing? Um, I can't find where. Um, mayonnaise is one thing that oh, yeah. people just hate. That's why you should eat Miracle Whip. It's much better. And it one, is just sweeter. Um, one person said Miracle Whip, though. Um, uh, Kelly Thompson. Thank you, Kelly. Any kind of innards. <laughs> liver, <laughs> gizzard, tripe, etc. There. there are two ends in innards, hon. Uh, and this one I thought was pretty funny. Um, fruit with fur. Like peaches and kiwi stuff <laughs> oh, like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I see that. you got to peel it. But, well, no, you don't. That's just well, wrong. you don't have a to. A kiwi is so good for you, uh, and so are peaches, but yeah. but there, but there's no fur on uh, nectarines, so just get them instead. Uh, food with fur on it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's pretty All right, uh, go ahead and hit some of the high points. One food that you just will not eat. That you hate, yeah, because we had a little blurb on it, so that's where the question came from. All right, let's we'll, let's ask each of us, uh, uh, Wes, what's one that you will just not eat? You'd rather just die and starve. Anything from a culture that serves their food while it's still living. Oh, that's a kind oh, of yeah. cuisine I'm not yeah. going to eat whatsoever. When it comes to more mundane things in this hemisphere, then it's going to have to be pickles. No oh. kind of pickles. There are so many choices, but none of them ring your bell. And, no, uh, they they all taste bad to me, and they overwhelm whatever food that they're a part of. Hmm. Okay. Do you eat cucumbers though? I will. Uh, yeah, like I'm not a big a fan, but I don't dislike yeah. them really. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, what is yours, Sid? The thing that I've always hated my entire life, and I then the girl that used to cut my hair described it as like t- sh- toenail shavings, so it made oh. me even barf even more. Coconut. I can't stand coconut. I well, would rather eat grass hmm. or something or a leaf. I thought that I, I used to hate it, but when you find it, there is a there are some little popsicles that are a frozen yogurt, uh, and they're great. Um, so I've kind of come around to a few things. Uh, somebody mentioned here beets. Mm-hmm. They're 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 disgusting. However, they are good for you, and therefore I take a pill every day from. Um, beetroot. It's good for your blood sugar and it's good. But I wouldn't eat that garbage out of a can if if I had to <laughs> either live or die. There's no way. Um, so beets. When I was a kid, and one Thanksgiving, I was little, and um, it's all the grandparents and everybody, and uh, the dressing. Uh, I refused to eat it. And uh, all these years, on, homemade, I think it's disgusting. It? It's disgusting. Oh, yeah, but there are so there good. are different ways uh, to do it. Yeah. And my mother, I think what I hated about it was the rosemary. I oh. refused to oh. eat it. And I was forced to eat it. And as a result, I puked at Thanksgiving. So there. <laughs> um, now, Michelle's mom, or maybe she uh, herself, herself, she, that's, that's inappropriate, um, made it. And I, I really liked it. So I have gotten over my my hating of dressing it's all in what's in it mm-hmm. so yeah but no beets leave that crap out 
All right, Sid, go for some of the high points. I did. I used to like beets, but no, I probably wouldn't anymore. William, smart Alex, says any food w- items with poison. Really, thanks for showing up, bro. Thank you. Wendy says squash or zucchini, but it's mainly from a childhood trauma. Hogshead well, cheese. That's all she's. The, which smells like poop. It's awful. Ooh, see, I can't. Ooh, somebody. Nobody's on here said frog legs, which I. I think I might have tried a tiny bite of a frog leg when I was in maybe high school. But if they they're smell, fried, you can't even tell anything. They smell so bad little... that the smell overpowered and made me want to barf. I can't eat something that stinks. Hmm. Um, d- uh, Davey says, little green English peas. A lot of people on here said peas. Hmm. Really? That's yeah. odd. I, I love peas. I don't know what the yeah. deal is with that. Um, okay. Lee said oysters. Now, there are people that find that to be the most disgusting thing on yeah. earth. I, I, I can eat it. them all day long. It's like a little shell with snot in it. Oh, um, right. Which is probably what <laughs> but, puts people off. But when you you know put some hot sauce on it and a cracker, oh, man, yeah. that's good eating. It's, it's good. But they Bruce, are kind of gross. Yeah, yeah they're kind of gross. Bruce says, I have a long list as a picky eater, but the top of my list is sauerkraut. I, bet um, I can tolerate it yeah. on a Reuben sandwich, but not yes. just by itself. What's yeah, the point? I, I'm the same way. I could tolerate it. I'll eat it. Uh, but it's I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Jamie says cumin spice and gorgonzola cheese. I don't remember what gorgonzola cheese tastes like. It probably smells like butt, like a bunch of that it, stuff does. Yeah, because it's cheese. A lot yeah. of people say liver. June, yeah. June says raw onion. A lot of people on here say raw onion. Oh, I wonder really? if she eats cooked onion, though. That, yeah, that's a whole different thing. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know how you eat. Well, I got on a, a salad, it's probably raw. Yeah. yeah, and on sandwiches, too, it can be raw. I, mean, I don't know what the problem is, but each to his own. Um, Donna says, Rocky Mountain oysters. Never tried them, either. Those are <laughs> testicles, and yes. I have eaten them before, not knowing what they were, which can uh, make you think back to the money, the the, the uh, money, the uh, movie uh, with uh, Chevy Chase, uh, Funny Farm, fantastic yeah. movie. And he breaks the record in some restaurant for eating like 38 of these things. And they're, you know, Ugh. chicken testicles. And uh, I ate some once and didn't know what it was until afterward, like he did. It's no big deal. It's just a little fried ball. Who cares? Ugh. Uh-uh. I would rather go hungry. Karen has a few. Asparagus, head cheese, liver, and gizzards. I don't eat no I, gizzards. Um, I like no. asparagus. It's good for you. And it's, it tastes it's okay, okay. If it's done right. Dave says raw snails. Escargot. Yeah, that's a little bit much. Yeah. Oh, Debbie says cooked yellow squash. I love squash. There's not not much taste to it. There's not much much taste to it. You got to salt it. But there's a lot. Strawberries? What's wrong with this guy? I know. Richard Uh, Clark. Come on, man. uh, I'm I'm about the same spot you are. Heath says greens. Man, they smell so bad when they're cooking. I can only imagine how they taste. Well, Heath, oh, you haven't even so tried them. They're so good, man. Yeah, they taste great, but he's That's not like wrong about the food smell. from the South. Oh, yeah, it does smell like ass, but they are so good. I used to hate them, and then my, my husband made them like his grandmother used to, and they're the bomb. Um, here's one that I agree with, Karen. Salmon patties. Um, oh, I like those. I like those a lot. I guess that our parents back in those days used to make them. Mm-hmm. And I used to love them. Yeah. Um, but now you don't hear much about those things much. You can buy, you know, salmon burgers. And um, 
salmon fillets, and it's it's really good for you. But you got to kill the taste first. That's why there there are so many you know variations of how you can buy them now, because just you know raw salmon, it's just uh, it's awful. Now I'll, I'll we'll have lox. We'll get smoked salmon and put and you know get crackers no. with um, cream cheese. Um, Paul, I disagree with Paul. He says grits. Some people hate I'm grits. With Paul. It depends upon how they're made because this woman that I live with uh, does this deal with uh, shrimp and 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 uh, grits and it's fantastic. But she she does something different to it. I don't know what it is, but they aren't disgusting. But they used to be as a kid because they came out of a box and it was like oh, eating yeah. puke. It was awful. If, but yeah. now with you know shrimp and grits is just a good dish. I love it. Susan says almonds. She doesn't like almonds. Huh. Almonds are really good for your bod. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the problem is. I drink almond milk and, and almond stuff, and I, I don't have any problem with it at all, but interesting. Vicky says sardines, which you like sardines. People sure. usually find sardines disgusting, but uh, I, I swear to you that if your brain is not functioning and you're tired at night and you feel like you just can't go on anymore and you need some you know brain power, eat a can of sardines and... Um, the next morning, I promise you that your brain function is elevated a little bit. It's on the list of you know fishes that are good to eat. Number one is salmon. Number two is sardines. They're a dollar a can, uh, and I found a, a a new kind because yeah, the taste and texture can be a little bit off-putting, uh, but they come in like hot sauce or with 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 a mustard sauce. Now there's a new one uh, with a lemon and olive oil. And that's really good for your insides, and it um, it tastes really good too, I think. But it is little fishies with no head, so it's a little bit of a drag. But I'll um, just take a fish oil pill. Thanks. Stop being a quitter. Just, just, just eat some of it. Uh, Tamra says, "Boy, ketchup. liver is everywhere. Liver is everywhere." Tamra does not like ketchup. I wonder if she likes mushroom. I mean, uh, tomatoes. Well, she's she's an alien. Then that's just wrong. <laughs> Diane does not eat, drink root beer. Huh. Why? I love root beer. Some people don't like weird. the aftertaste. Yeah, yeah that's true. Really sweet. I never have yeah, one, I had know. one before in, in, in a long time, but they're great. Me neither. Trevor hates broccoli. I like broccoli fine. Martha hates crawfish. Yeah, many folks can't hang with I'm things not like that. I'm a huge fan, but I'll eat it. I, um, I love them. Jessica hates eggplant. I used to. It has to be done right. I don't even know if I've ever had it before, and I don't want to start now. It's next. Sherry says, <laughs> Sherry says parsnips. I forgot what those are. Are they onion kind of thingers? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Steve says watermelon. Steve, watermelon is great. Well, there's tons of these. To, um, someone says a sushi, which many people have not still come over to that side. But it sure is good, and it sure is good for you. Get it with light rice, though, because the rice is the bad carb. Uh, liver and liver and liver and liver. Yeah. Good stuff. Good. But uh, thank you all for... Yeah, uh, chiming in with 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 your things, and we'll, uh, I want to do this one too, today or tomorrow about um, name a song or album title that best describes you, which Sid pointed out might have been a little bit heavy and kind of hard to think about, but there's tons of them, and we got mm-hmm. some pretty good uh, replies mm-hmm. to that too, and um, some other things we will look at. This is Drake Digital. Uh, there were some dumbasses in the news and some crazy people, which always make us feel better about ourselves. Uh, you don't want to piss your wife off, I guess, although we all do it. Um, and usually 
uh, you say I'm sorry and or whatever and everything's okay and hopefully she doesn't stab you 140 times. That would be a little bit excessive, I would think. Lady down in Florida stabbed her old man 140 times with a meat cleaver. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, he's he's up and around. Uh, no, um, that's not true. <laughs> he is deader than Julius Caesar, the uh, as the man said. Uh, uh, this lady, I would not mess with her because she would cut you in a minute. Palm Springs police and the body of Melvin, what was left of it, was found by the woman's son who called the popo because the guy was, let's say, mangled. Uh, blood on the walls, cabinets, kitchen counters, oh, God. everywhere. He was hacked to pieces. Um, and oh. she, uh, they say here, as they tend to do when disasters occur, like, you know, school shootings, they look for the motive, which is just a plug-in cliche that is stupid and unnecessary. They were crazy. That's why they did it. Uh, the judge was, they don't have a motive for why she stabbed this guy 140 times, mainly in the head with a meat cleaver. Jeez. Mm. So, Sick. guys, you better, you know, tread lightly. People are tense these days, and uh, you <laughs> don't want to be part of that. Down. Huh? <laughs> Pick up Put your the toilet sock. seat down. <laughs> I told you. I've told you over and over again. You know, I there are are people, and uh, <laughs> I know that my friend Mize is listening, and I have friends that that uh, do this, especially in the nighttime when it's dark. Uh, they sit down to pee, so they won't pee all over the floor, or they won't get any um, you know blowback if they have a strong stream. If you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. yeah. you're just so, learning that. Uh, well. Yeah, I mean, guys don't sit down to pee usually, but maybe it's a good idea because, um, well, you know, never mind. That's why we keep the Clorox <laughs> well, uh, around just in case we miss. See. So, yeah. It, well, you could you could do it with your eyes closed so you don't wake up so much so you can get back to sleep when yeah, you're done. See, or just do it in the sink. Uh, that's one way oh. out. Um, but H two is up. Too close to the uh, toothbrushes, bro. Uh, that's a good point. Never mind yeah. that. <laughs> well, the bathtub's bigger. Maybe go for that. Yeah, true. Uh, Sid had some dumbasses. Roll with it. This one from Memphis is yeah is, is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. A guy is facing sixty counts of aggravated arson, not for setting his house or somebody else's house on fire or trying to, but a hospital bed at Methodist South. I, I guess said, he put was your mask on. Um, <laughs> I guess it's really not funny. I guess he was mad or something, it says, while oh, he was in so? a room in the emergency department uh, just a couple days ago. And he set a hospital bed mattress on fire with a cigarette lighter. My Do we man. have to pat people down when they come in the hospital now? Jeez. Oh, Dang. Um, while the room <laughs> was on the fire. Room. Yeah. Uh, while the room ended up, the, while the room was on fire, investigators say that people saw him open valves on two oxygen tanks. <laughs> Saying he was going to blow up the hospital. <laughs> oh man! I mean, I like this, this is serious and awful. But I mean, think if this really would have, if it would have gone further, um, they had to evacuate patients, of course, and personnel because obviously they thought the the tanks would would cause the fire to spread. They were trying to protect patients from injury. 
It caused damage to the room and contents, including smoke damage. Uh, he got all mad as they tried to detain him, and he uh, apparently tried to set the officers on fire as well. This guy is not right in well, the head. He's charged with 59 counts of aggravated arson, vandalism of property, 10000 to 60 10000 to 60000 in resisting official detention. So he is at 201. Was he crazy or, or drunk or mad or? It does not say. It does not say. He's 35 I guess all of the above and it just says yeah. he was mad. It doesn't say why. But really? Uh, Sid has one more about this lawyer chick that got naked and crazy. Tell yeah, Wes has that too. All right, Wes, you do that. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I've got a better one, so Sid, you do that. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, uh, well, uh, this, a little, little, little uh, conflict here. Yeah, yeah. Mine's better than yours. Uh-huh. Um, I got this, <laughs> the, mine's better than yours. This lawyer, if I can find it, I mean, I read it last night, uh, was, uh, oh, come on. Oh, here. Uh, this was just the other day, too. Um, Florida. This is in Florida. Of, why are we not surprised? Shock. She is, she's an attorney. She is going to the beach lounge in St. Pete. And she is, uh, she's already been to some other bars, I guess, or drinking somewhere because she was a little, she was a little tipsy. She goes into this bar to have some more drinks. It's, <laughs> it's only 2.15 a.m. on Friday. Well, let's or, I go. guess that, Saturday morning. That's early. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, they, they ain't closed yet. You know, she wants to uh, cut a rug or something and drink Rock. some more. She, uh, so she, the bartender says, I'm sorry, ma'am. I can't serve you anymore. So she goes into the bathroom, and un- you think she might be getting her stuff together, like her head together, so she can, you know, play sober and maybe have another drink and talk him into it. Nope. She comes out of the bathroom, Nikki, and just goes and sits at the bar, totally naked. Hell oh no. I'll send you the picture. Oh, God. <laughs> this she will prove that is? you're sober no. and need one more drink. God okay. bless. Yeah, exactly. So she goes. She goes to the back to the bar, totally naked. Wants wants to drink more, and of course they're like, "Look, get dressed. You're not. We're not serving you. Please get dressed." They call the cops. The sheriff was like, uh, "Please, for the love of God, get dressed." <laughs> and over and over, begging her. She would only put on a hoodie, which she didn't zip up. So that's even oh, more sexy. sexy to me. That's hot, I think. man. Uh, anyway, she was too tired to put her pants on, she told him. Yeah. So, that reminds me, and I, I have told this story before, but it is, if you ever want to look back at, at some of the people um, who, have, who tell stories the best, you'll find that they are quite often actors. And they tend to come from England or Ireland in this case. Uh, Peter O'Toole. Um, one of my all-time uh, heroes. Uh, he was an incredible actor and man and um, uh, just an incredible guy who did so much stuff. And uh, these these videos are on, on a YouTube. He was on with, uh, with Carson and with Dave uh, and stuff over the years. And he and Dave got to be kind of pals because he, was, he could tell a story like nobody ever could. Um, there are others that did that, um, but he was maybe the king. Uh, and these things are on the YouTube and elsewhere, but he tells the story one night uh, about he and his friend uh, Peter Finch. Peter Finch was the star of the film Network, which is a classic for all time and was a foretelling of how 
messed up the media is and the world is. I'm mad as hell. I'm not, he's, he's, he's that guy from the film Network. So he, he tells the story that he and uh, Peter Finch were out, and he says, on the lash. And <laughs> they were going from bar to bar. And they it was, he said, about four-ish. And um, they were heading back to Finchie's flat in Dublin. And they were walking, and they stumbled upon a little bitty bar, a tiny, tiny bar somewhere in the hills of Ireland. And they went in. And in Ireland, I guess you can just drink all the time. And they don't, they just don't ever, you know, say say no. So they stumble into this bar to have one last one, he says, and then laughs. And he, um, so he and uh, Finch are already way in the bag and just, just out of it. And the barman says, that's enough, boys. You're having no more. And they said, no, 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 we're having much more. And so he said, no, you're out. And so O'Toole said, so we bought the bar. Oh. They, they, wrote, they wrote checks and bought the bar from this guy. Right and he there. put up with it. And so they got up the next day and Fitz says, do you recall last night? And he says, not at all. What did we? He said, we bought an effing bar. So they go back to this bar, and the barman is there. And he had not cashed the checks. He just tore them up. And uh, they got to be friends with him and would stop in there, O'Toole said, every night when they were there. And got to be friends uh-huh. with this guy and uh, and his, his uh, family. And the story goes on to the conclusion that... Um, about a year after they had met and become friends, he died. And so Finch and O'Toole go back to Dublin for the funeral. And they go to the the, the uh, cemetery, uh, and the family is there, and they're crying around the, the uh, gravesite on their knees. And so Finch and O'Toole get on their knees, and they're kind of kind of weepy and quite sad. And somebody came up to O'Toole and tapped him on the shoulder, they were at the wrong grave site. Oops. Oh, my. Whoopsie. <laughs> oh, my God. So, but to hear him tell the story is just hypnotizing because this man could tell a story. And all these old actors were, they just had some kind of a gift from all the years of being in stories and uh, being actors. And uh, uh, it's great, great memories. It's hard That's to find people one. anymore that, that can tell stories like that. But. Uh, these guys could, and they were just just incredible. So uh, anyway, and this time is all on uh, on on a YouTube in various forms. Um, Richard Harris, one of his best friends, is also a remark. He can tell a tale like nobody's business. Just just incredible. This is Drake Digital. All right, Wesley. What are these top ten inventions of all time? I mean, top ten inventions that changed the world. I'm going to. Well, we'll be the judge of that. Well, yeah, but uh, it's hard to argue with some of these. Number ten okay. is time, which they do say well, technically it's both a discovery and an invention. The because time happens whether we do anything to mark it or not. But our marking and timekeeping system is what changed everything. Uh, mm-hmm. The system goes back to a mix of Egyptian, Babylonian, and Greek systems, but timekeeping allowed things to finally be done precisely. 
And that's time's greatest gift to human society is the precision. So things like cooking, heating, cooling, fermenting, and everything else was sort of, you'd figure it out based on, you know, just experience and guessing. But well, but now you wait, have... wait, so um, who established uh, the number of days in the year, number of months, um, the eight to five workday, things like that that are the foundations of our society? The the found, well, the, apart from the eight to five workday, that was established probably by the labor movement of the early 20th century. Uh, the rest of it was Egyptian, Babylonian, and Greek systems. The Babylonians uh, are the ones that uh, did the six, uh, 60 minutes in an hour and, and did the, minute, uh, the, the, the divisions that way. And a lot of societies developed a lunar calendar and then adjusted that when it wasn't when they discovered that wasn't completely accurate so okay that's a really the you know, it it is developed over centuries to what we've got right now okay so they just told us how this would be and we're all just going to play along okay <laughs> well it's a little like to change it, now well because there were different it works there was a mayan calendar too at one point right yeah well screw them they're all dead <laughs> <laughs> they just moved uh, yeah, space travel is number nine, and it opens up with space travel so far just uh, given humanity two great gifts, scientific information about our neighborhood, and Elon and, Musk, and <laughs> s- symbolic <laughs> triumphs. There's where Musk and the Space Boys come in. Uh, yeah. But it says if we continue expanding our numbers and energy man's demands at the rate that we're doing it, we're going to have to get off of this rock, and that's where space travel will be the single biggest step our species will ever take. And that's where Branson and Musk and all these guys are trying to take us, which right. is admirable, I suppose, but we'll all be dead by then, so who cares? <laughs> Number eight is machine learning. Because we've got computers, store and, uh, it's a, they store and sort huge amounts of data but, data, but machine learning is what lets them use that data cre- to create data of their own. Uh, an- they analyze data's trends, independently adapt to it, and produce their own interpretations, and that's a big step, and it's likely, they say, soon going to lead to automatic uh, diagnoses for hospital patients, immersive and reactive digital assistants, high-functioning robots, and things like that. Mm. So that's Again, going to be we'll a big all be thing. dead. Who cares? Though? Okay. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Okay. And uh, number seven, they have math, which they again say is another discovery slash invention okay. hybrid because the rules of math <laughs> are the rules of math, but the sy- symbols and systems that we use to understand and express it are what the invention part is. And it says its universal nature may be at the heart of its ultimate and final use communication with alien life, in addition to all of the medicine, architecture, engineering, measurements, physics that uh, it is, it is led, led the way for. Because so scientists says, will use the math, but uh, in high school, there's algebra and mm-hmm. there's trig and there's yeah. all these things. Did y'all nope. take those 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 yeah. classes? No, uh, I, I got into Algebra 2, and it completely kicked my ass down, and I, I went into radio. T- <laughs> and that's where my life took its big turn, I guess. That's why I quit high school, I think, because of math. Oh, yeah. come on. I took... No. I was... Uh, I come on's I was, ass. I went back. Tr- that, that was too hard, and who math cares? Was I, math I, was I've, easy. Math was easy. I've never used that stuff in my life, and neither have you. You have used some of it this. without realizing. I didn't take trigonometry. Well, I can I took, add and subtract and and cipher, you know, most stuff. We took pre-algebra in like seventh or eighth, and then algebra, and then pre-calculus, and then I don't remember mm-hmm. after that. 
I don't know if I no. took calculus, but I remember taking pre pre cal. You don't need it. All right, what else? Let's <laughs> uh, see. The the printing press comes in at number six. It's uh, that's pretty good. Someone someone in China invented it first, and then Gutenberg uh, invented it independently and made it a lot easier to use, which opened up knowledge to everybody uh, who well who could read. What so it was a big jump anyway. And it said it's allowed scientists and mathematicians to record the, their ideas, spread them widely among peers, leading to an unprecedented amount of cooperation and competition, which launched the European Renaissance, or helped in And way. now that, that, to me, is the most important one that you've brought up so far. Because without that, um, well, is it a blessing or a curse that you can read and learn to read at a young age, um, like most of us did? And that probably changed your life from that point on. If you could read, uh, it might be a curse uh, these days because there's too much to read and most of it is bad. you <laughs> so, got to have um, language among the peoples. Right. right. But I'm <laughs> guessing that most people do not utilize or they just don't take advantage of all there is to read to inform themselves and be smart and to be able to compete in society because who cares about books and stuff like that? Um, but... There's Mr. That. Gutenberg, uh, thank you. The great actor Steve Gutenberg's great grandfather did that, so good for him. <laughs> Glad to hear it. And that point you make about uh, people choosing not to is brought up on point number invention number five on this list of ten. The internet it says if uh, the internet took the information dissemination of the printing press and cranked it up exponentially. Now, mm-hmm. the 50 to 70 percent of the world's population with Internet access can learn anything at any time, as much or as little as they want, the, uh, through five minutes, though five minutes in any comment section will show you how often Internet users choose not to learn. But the opportunity <laughs> is there. Yeah. And that is what has changed the world for the worse, is everybody that has a computer is now an expert on everything or they are a journalist and they don't look past what is on the front page or the headline, and they believe it. And that's what has led us to the messes we're in right now in a lot of different ways. What's on the Internet is not necessarily true. Um, Journalism has taken a real downturn, and because it's on the Internet does not make it so, because there's so much stuff on here. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, it's either the best thing that we've ever had or the worst. I'm not sure which. I think it fits... fits very comfortably in both categories because yes, um, uh, there's everything you just said but on the other hand i can you know research i don't know oh, i know uh, something about dinosaurs right that you know i would have never come across otherwise Free uh, number f- yeah exactly <laughs> at number four it's sanitation says the period with the sharpest rise in life expectancy was the late 1800s to early 1900s which was right uh, with the right, which was before the advanced biggest advancements in modern medicine this was due to improvements in sanitation we as a society of humans has, began to care more about clean water safer food sewage management garbage collection personal hygiene and much more and this led to a drastic decrease in infectious diseases and uh, led to an era that has come to be known as the first public health revolution. And we now we've got people saying, you know what, like that. screw yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who this, needs this has brought us to where we are now with bacteria and deadly funk like COVID-19 and the 18 that came before it. Hey, at least, <laughs> at least we don't have to take a bath in somebody else's water after them anymore. Thank God. That's true. Man, some of the Westerns you watch Ugh. where they get in the same tub with the same Ugh. water. Oh, God. Oh. 
that's where COVID came from, from from some film by Clint oh. Eastwood. Oh my God! <laughs> sure. Let's see. Number three on this list is mythology. It says the human mind is a complex computer designed to formulate patterns and extrapolate them further. But in mythology, is that computer working at its peak? The great myths are universal and transcendent. Billions of people find their lives calling in service to religion and mythology. And it says, after all, what good is a long life full of information and te- uh, technology if it doesn't have meaning? But, that uh, is very, very, very smart and very nice, but applies to only about an eighth of the population of the world. Yeah. Because they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number two is the scientific method. And just said, this is just oh, science. No. Oh, God. Science, Here we go. The method. Said, uh, science is really just a simple investigation approach. We call that approach the scientific method, and it really just entails asking questions, guessing at the answers, testing, and <laughs> revising those guesses based on test results, which hmm. is why you get different information from the same scientist over the course of months sometimes, because yep. they've learned stuff mm-hmm. and updated the information. Which and, people just don't seem to understand, but that it, that is so true because... Things change every hour, most likely. Yep. Just watch the, I mean, all the the evolution and the advancements in science as it regards, let's say, medicine and cures for cancer and things oh, like yeah. that happen every every day someplace. Um, and there, that's, that, is, that can be, uh, you know, just applied to, you know, so many things. Like space, which seems to be now the most top of mind advancement area, at least if you have a couple of billion bucks laying around to use. All right, sure. And then mm-hmm. finally, the top one of the ten uh, inventions that changed the okay. changed the world: desserts. Really? Uh, yep. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, or is that the desert? guy who wrote this says, yeah. uh, "Hear me out on this. There's one aspect of life whose inventions deserve more attention: joy, and that's where <laughs> dessert comes in. Whenever well, you know." Wherever, whenever the first dessert took place, it marked a huge step forward in our species. Life, as a rule, hunts and eats for necessity. Every choice, every action, solely for the sake of survival. Then one of our ancestors took a moment to look around, realized they had plenty, and began eating not for energy, but for pure bliss and celebration. The day we started eating dessert is the day we officially transitioned from survivors to thrivers. How very interesting. That's kind of true, yes. yeah. Uh, so we should have, um, let's say, a tiramisu and a creme brulee should be free mm. everywhere, every day, at every <laughs> restaurant. But that's only a, after you've eaten a meal. Right. So that is the ultimate joy right there in a capsule form, um, is the finishing off of a great meal with a popsicle. Yeah, something that you, you don't need, but you have the resources to be able to have. So as long as you have a lot of money, you can have all the desserts you want or anything else giving you that need, and it just fills the void, right? <laughs> yes. It, like okay. it fills the emptiness inside and gives my life purpose. Uh, well, I don't have a problem. You have a problem. Shut up. No, that's why there's, no, that's why there's drugs and alcohol. That fills the <laughs> void. And uh, you shut up. Uh, but uh, no, that, uh, that's, an, that's interesting. Dessert. Yeah, alcohol or desert. Sh- either way, you want to go. Should there. be on that list, kind of. Well, you know, uh, probably There's not your dessert. because it is. Um, it is a there is a is a, a a report yesterday, along with all the COVID deaths and all that all that other you know great news that um, 
uh, overdoses on dope, 93,000 last year. I did And how many that. from booze? And there's a story mm. here today about, um, where did I put this? About any alcohol consumption that you have over your life leads to cancer in some form. Uh, 740,000 uh, different cancers are blamed on alcohol. So wow. by all means, uh, with your dessert, have a few drinks and it'll all be fine. And you'll be joyful and then headed to your death. So good. Good story. That's that's pretty interesting. Except yeah. for the math part, which is just wrong. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't well, say top ten inventions that you would like. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. True. But, uh, but that's, that's, uh, that's pretty pretty thoughtful. All right. This is Drake Digital.